Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we're going to share a story that asks the question, how thick is your book? And then I'm going to share a term I just learned about, and boy, does it have application to our running lives. And of course, joining me for all that and more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It has been uh, crazy. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a little while. Yeah, yeah. Little did you know. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> hey, uh, so this week, we don't have a sponsor. And so what that means is we need more people who, if you have a business out there and you want to support what Run for God's doing and allow us to support your business uh, by promoting you and talking about you, then please send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Uh, but in place of that spot, we're going to talk about something All right. that, real quick because you, you mentioned fall is here. That's right. But I say blood lung is here. Blood lung. <laughs> blood lung is here. Yesterday, I told you, I tried to get you to go run with us. Yeah. You know, Wednesday, my buddy Keith and I, we've been running together for a while. We've talked about that on here. And uh, so yesterday, it was kind of going to be our faster day. And I'm not even going to tell you the paces because you'll laugh. It's not even fast to you. But it's fast to us. It's a minute faster than we ran last week. Woo. And we were going to run three miles at this pace, two and a half miles in. <laughs> I blew as sky high as you could go. I mean, I just completely stopped in my tracks, hands on my knees. and uh, But I had the blood lung again. And you've heard me talk. I've always used that term. But I, have I, am I mistaken? You've never had that, have you? Or you I, say you've I, never had it? I, I'm not sure what you're what you call blood low okay. i'm sure i've had well it, i've always it, every time i run really hard which i did yesterday i get this metallic taste in my mouth and it hurts i mean it really hurts bad i mean it's not like uh running hard and you get done and it's not like the leg the pain of your legs this is in the lungs and it goes on for 15 minutes after so this morning when i was reading through this i thought i want to find out what that really is okay and it is called, it, and it's very rare. So I'm in the minority. Okay. So it's called exercised induced pulmonary edema. Edema. Huh. So a lot of people struggle with pulmonary edema. It's a condition of the lungs that some people deal with. It's a condition, but it's not that I have that. But I have the exercise induced, and what it is, it's a buildup of red blood cells in the lungs that can sometimes escape into the airways huh. and into the mouth. And, of course, red blood cells are full of iron-rich protein, right. which gives them that distinct metallic taste. Yeah. And so it really is a thing. Because I remember one time I asked you about it, and you looked at me like, I've, I've yeah, never dealt with it. Yeah. You, my lungs hurt sometimes, but I don't get that. You get that taste, taste in, in your mouth. And well, yeah. some, people, some people get that. And it's huh. just where those red blood cells, because that's what I've always said I've always thought I knew what it was just because it made sense to me that yeah. you're you're taxing your lungs and the body always protects what you're taxing so it's pushing blood to the lungs 
and therefore you're tasting that. But well, that really is what's happening. It's just some people that those red blood cells can escape into the airways and therefore you taste it. And But it only happens in the exercise induced. It only happens when you're really, really taxing your lungs. Your lungs. So, uh, yeah. so blood lung is a real thing. Son of a gun. It's just, so is it dangerous? Or no, it's, it's not, not dangerous. Now, pulmonary edema is yeah. if you have that condition, but this is just exercise induced. So it's... it's you know, it nothing says there's nothing about. to worry about. So if you're if you're ever if you're out there and you you've heard me talk about blood lung and you're like, yeah, I get that too. Well, we're not crazy. All right, it really is a thing. It's called pulmonary um, exercise induced pulmonary edema, aka blood lung. It is good to know you're not crazy. It is because you know we question that regularly, right? So it's uh, but it made me feel good because I haven't felt that in several years now because I yeah. just haven't run that hard in several yeah. years. And also the temperature affects it too. So that yesterday was pretty cold. You're breathing in that cold air, and it kind of exacerbates it. So, uh, so yeah. So do you, do you like the feeling? I don't like the feeling. I mean, like it, it hurts. I mean, the yeah. I think the last time I felt it was much worse. I did a mile. Uh, it was it was downtown Dalton. Yeah. They used to have that scorcher or whatever it was downtown. Yeah. And I did it, and I'm telling you, Dean, for and it doesn't come on right when you stop. It lags. It's like five minutes, and then it really starts hurting, and it's it's pretty painful for I don't know ten fifteen minutes. Son of a gun. So no, I don't like it, but I like it in the fact that you push yourself. I'm doing. I'm getting to intensities that I haven't gotten to in several years. Well, that's so. kind of what I meant. Yeah, you, you kind of like the fact that you got it, even though those yeah. fifteen minutes of pain aren't. Yeah, but I didn't like that. I I mean, I just completely overestimated where I'm at <laughs> yesterday because we went out hot and. uh uh, two miles in, I knew I was in trouble, and two and a half, I just completely, I told you, I said, go ahead, go on. I'll we've be all, all right. done that. We've all done that. So, anyway. <laughs> all right, well, how about a Run Club social post from last week? This one comes from Amanda Ellis, and she says, my goal this year was to work towards the full marathon. My husband has gotten called out to go out of town to work now, and I'm uncertain of the training given I'll be running my boy to all sporting events and practice. I am still overjoyed in what I've accomplished this year in this program. Taking something we need to do for ourselves and intertwining it with our relationship with God has brought a new meaning to my life and how I approach my fitness goals. I have decided that since my training has me prepared, I will be joining you all this weekend for the half marathon in Greensboro. I'm so excited. I will remain in the running family and hopefully will coach a 5K team at my church this coming year. Who knows? Things could still work out and I'll do the full this January. If not, it's still my goal one day. See those of you uh, running this weekend. Obviously, we're recording this before the half marathon. Right. Um, <laughs> headed out here in just a little bit yeah. to, to go there. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I love this post because... First of all, I like the transparency yeah. of, of our group and how they, they don't mind sharing things that are a little vulnerable to, to them. Kind of like um, blowing up in a run yesterday. Kind of like blowing up in a run, run yesterday. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, But she's got this obstacle in her way, and she sees it coming. Um, but she's not, she's not doing two things. She's not making an excuse that, oh, I've got to give up. But she's also not saying, um, this is the end of the world. You know, that seems to be the two ways people go. It's either when, when something gets in the way of, of training, it's either they just give up completely, just go, I, I just can't do it. Or 
they they're like, you know, my world is falling apart because yeah. I can't finish up. Well, I like that she's airing her concerns beforehand because yeah, for sure. most people, you know, they'll say, well, I wasn't able to get my runs in because of this, this, and this. Well, she's saying, I'm worried I'm not going to get my runs in because this, this, and this. Well, you know, I know we're going to offer some tips here in just yeah. a second for what she's talking about because mm-hmm. we, we, we've seen it. And, and she allows herself to put it out there beforehand so that people can kind of speak into that. And maybe some of the things that we're going to mention yeah. could help, you yeah. know, with the baseball or the, you know, the, the, the sports that she's going to. Because there's always, there's always ways to get it in. There is. It's many people think that to go run, you have to come home from work and you have to change clothes and you have to have this set dedicated time with nothing else going on to get your workout in. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's, that seems logical. That's ideal. It's but, ideal, but it's not always reality. Mm-hmm. And many times reality is what knocks us off our game. Yeah. It's, you know, life. People say life happens. Well, interweave your running into your life. And so like she's talking about going to ball games and things like that. Well, I don't know how many, times my kids have been at practice and i'm out running around the ball field i'm still able to see it yep but i'm doing i mean i don't know how far it is around a baseball field but yep. it's it's more than a 400 you know yeah. so it's bigger than a track so run around the ball field and watch you know you might seem a little creepy like that creepy stalker person out there running but you're getting your workout in and that's always a problem right because there is a solution and that's a great solution um most of the time too whenever you bring your kids to a sporting thing that usually got to get there early you know, usually it's 30 sure. minutes before game time. And so that's 30 mm-hmm. minutes of you don't have to miss anything, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, there's there's always a way to get it in. But here's what here's what stops a lot of people. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I'll give you an example. I've got a girl on our cross-country team who will not use a port john because mm-hmm. she thinks they're nasty. I get it. They are. I understand <laughs> the way she feels. However, there's a time when you just you just need to suck it up and do it. Right. Sure. No matter how uncomfortable it is. And and I've seen her leave practice just in so much discomfort because she won't use Porta John. And I'm hmm. like, I, obviously, I don't have that problem. But <laughs> but what, what do you you know, it's it's not that big a deal to, to be a little uncomfortable. It's don't worry about the people who are looking at you like you're the creepy stalker person. Or don't worry about, you know, what you may be wearing. I've I've told the yep. time me and Landon were both mm-hmm. in blue jeans and I needed to get a run in and we were yep. driving down the road and I was like we got we got 30 or 45 minutes right here and we jumped on a track in blue jeans yeah. <laughs> and people were looking at us like we were morons yeah but so what sometimes you got to do what you got to and there again it's kind of like the running in the weather and things like that it, it kind of makes you feel a little I don't know if hardcore is the right word but it's not, I'm not going to let anything stop me. Yeah. You know, you feel invincible kind of. Yeah. 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 And I don't know how many times that if you're with a spouse and you're going to a practice or a game, I would just leave 30, 45 minutes early and start running. Either, either my wife picked me up or I would run to the practice or to the game. I know you've done that many times with your yeah, grandkids. For sure. Um, so yeah. yeah, sometimes with this sport, you just got to get, and that's the beauty of this sport yeah. is we can get creative. You know, that's if it's right. golfing or, a lot of other sports, we don't have that flexibility. But with running, that's the great thing. As long as you got a pair of running shoes, and and I've, I remember the time I ran the college loop in a pair of Sanooks. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll never do that again, <laughs> but I made it but work. You did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you do what you got to do to make it work. Cause yeah. it's really, it doesn't take that much time to do this sport. You know, number one, you need to lay the phone down. Cause how many, how many minutes a day do we, we won't go down that road again, yeah. but how many minutes a day do we spend on the phone yeah. when you could get a workout in? That's right. So the other thing that stops people a lot of times is, well, if I do that, I'm going to be sweaty. So, so what? So, so what? <laughs> so yeah. what? Yeah. Just don't. I mean, I know people who they will not, if they got anything else to do, doesn't even matter what it is. Going to the grocery store. They won't do a workout and not take a shower before they go to the grocery store. It's like, don't even just go. Yeah. Just, just, just yesterday after the run that I completely blew up on, I had to go. We had some guys were pouring some curbs on, yeah. a, on a road down here. I, 20 minutes later, I was up on a curb machine. They were all bundled up because it was cold outside. And I was up there with T-shirt <laughs> and shorts, sweaty and tennis shoes. And these guys, you know, these are guys who are running curb machine all day. They're looking at me like, what is this Yahoo doing? <laughs> but I don't care. That's you know, right. I got my run in. So That's right. Get creative. Get it in because you can. All right. Trivia question for last week was this. The first sporting event ever televised uh, included running events. What was it? Uh, that was televised and where was it televised was it did it surprise you or once you saw it you probably it didn't "Ah." surprise me but i didn't know it yeah the 1936 olympic games was the first sporting event that was televised it was televised in germany was not televised in the united states i know we like to think that the united states is first in everything but in this case we were not um but the 1936 Olympics were also the Olympics that had Jesse Owens. So there was a United States connection to uh, to these to this uh, event that was a, a big deal at the time. So, so what surprised me is 1936. Yeah. I don't guess I knew TVs were out then. Yeah, they were, what, late 20s, I think, was were the first. Really? Olympics. I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it was like the 40s or 50s yeah. before the TV yeah. came out. Hmm. Uh, but of course back then the tvs were a lot different they were like you know this big that's true yeah um it it was a whole different ball game but and the thing about it was too is that there weren't hardly any televisions out there and so and there was no cable it was through the airwaves yeah yeah okay and so, so for germany in this case um that they had places where people could go to watch it Hmm. so i'm picturing these big crowds of people gathered around a picture tube that's like eight inches because that's about how big televisions were at the time, you know, because that when I didn't, it's kind of coming back to me now just for movies and things, but didn't a lot of people go to theaters back then? Yeah. That was their TV. They would go to the theater in the evening to watch the news and things like that. I think I've seen that in movies and yeah, there were some, some I'm thinking world war two, or World War One, people would go to the theaters to get like kind of the news updates. Well, they would take a lot of television broadcasts and put them on film and and take and play them, them in the yeah theaters. for for okay. the war stuff and I things gotcha. like that. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, the United States did follow in 1939 when NBC showed a baseball game between Columbia and Princeton. I think that's so fascinating because we hardly see we hardly don't see uh, college baseball games on television anymore, and mm-hmm. that was the first sporting event that was broadcast in uh i love college baseball college baseball to me is way more fun to watch than professional baseball i don't watch uh, either one of them it's fantastic so and then uh not and then not long after that they broadcast the, the first nfl championship between the baltimore colts and the new york giants 
which the Colts won in overtime, if you're interested in that. But then that's when it really took off. Um, you, you know that um, now sporting events are so important to television. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your cable bill is significantly more expensive because of ESPN and sporting events. Mm-hmm. If those weren't out there and you didn't have to pay for the extra for that, um, it wouldn't be nearly as expensive as it is. Uh, so, But here's something that I found really fascinating. How long do you think it was between the first sporting event that was broadcast on radio and the first sporting event broadcast on television? I just would have pictured that to be a, a long time. A long time. Yeah. But it's only 18 years. Really? Yeah. So I don't know why that that really struck so me. So when but, did radio come? When did radio start? Well, see, I was thinking that radio started in the 1800s. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I didn't look that up. Uh, but huh. the first broadcast of a sporting event on radio was a boxing match. And, hmm. of course, boxing was huge back then. Um, but then just 18 years later, we've, we've got sporting events on television. So hmm. I don't know. That's weird. It, it is. It's weird and interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, and c- if you're watching this podcast, you may notice that Dean and I have on some a little bit different gear today. Uh, right now, we have our Christmas gear. I've got a hoodie on. You got the tee. We got a long sleeve tee. Uh, but it's the Christmas version of the Run for God tees. We got a lot of people out there who do the the jingle bell runs, uh, the silver bells, all the different Christmas runs. Uh, and it's just a really cool time of year. It's my favorite time of the year. I would have my Christmas tree up right now if my wife would let me. In fact, it's already in the garage. The second <laughs> she goes away for more than an hour, me and the boys are going to be all over it. And uh, so the Christmas gear is out. So you can go to runforgod.com, click on the store, and we probably actually got a banner on the on the website by this point. Um, but it's been out for a week now. So if you've been living under a rock and didn't know about it, go to runforgod.com, check it out. It'll be up for another couple of weeks. We're only doing a limited time on this. So, uh, we'll have time to get everything printed and get it to you. Our, our goal is to have, have all this stuff to everybody, uh, sometime around Thanksgiving or just a little after Thanksgiving. So you got the whole month of December yeah. to sport the run for God Christmas gear. You got sticky with a, a Santa hat on and there's a Santa hat up on the run for God and the, the christmas tree looking around the floor so it's uh yeah, it, it's a pretty cool design holly holly was in charge of this and i think she did a i think she, she knocked it out of the park yes she did so um, uh go check out the run run for god christmas gear yeah debbie saw this for the first time this morning and when she said and she loved it really she loved she said i want one so she's well then you yeah better get her I better one. get her one yeah it's that right. simple so, <laughs> that's exactly so, right now you said yesterday we did some we did some a little photo shoot with this stuff yesterday because this can be our Christmas card and things like that. You said you would not wear this red one because you're a Tech fan. Right. Well, you didn't say Tech fan. I added that to it because you're right. a Georgia Tech fan and That's you right. just don't like to wear red. But you didn't see the hoodie that I was wearing yesterday morning before we put these on for the photo shoot, did you? No. You know what color it was? It was huh. Tennessee orange. Oh, was it? All right. But it's a Tennessee well, orange shirt, but it's it's a run for God yeah. shirt. It's just I, an orange run for God shirt. I'm nowhere near a Tennessee fan. So if I can wear a Tennessee orange, you can wear Bulldog red, Dean. I do wear red occasionally. What you'll notice is that when I wear red, you will never find me wearing red and black. There will always be blue 
with my red. Really? Because then it's Atlanta Braves colors. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so. so we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the point being, go out there and get your Run for God gear. It, it, when you buy our gear, it supports this ministry. It allows us to wake up every day and, and try to figure out how we can share the gospel through the sport of running, which is our number one goal. So uh, go out there and get your Christmas gear today. They're pretty cool. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. And we're still doing every Thursday night. Uh, we still do some kind of something every Thursday night. We mm-hmm. we try to uh, enlighten you with just some information, some Bible study, something. It's, it gives you a chance to to give us some feedback, ask questions, and things like that. It's a it's kind of a kind of a a, a laid back podcast, yeah. kind of in, in some ways. Let me ask a question right here, and I I want people to I want people to email you the answer to this question because because i'm struggling with it you've been dealing with it we talked about it yesterday some as as a staff we want to hear your thoughts on run club social versus the facebook group yeah um we we don't want to force something to happen just because it's easier on our end mm-hmm. um we want to know your true thoughts on because our initial plan was to when we started the run club social to phase out the Facebook group by the end of the year, I don't think that's going to be popular. Yeah. I could be wrong. We, we need to hear from you guys and probably here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to send out a survey on this very topic. Yeah. Um, the, the live portion, the Thursday night live is not as robust on the run club social as on Facebook. Yeah. Um, that's one issue. The other, there's just other issues right now. I feel like we're kind of split yeah. and we, we need to consolidate. We need to all be in one spot, Yeah. but I know that there's some people who run on Facebook, right? You know, there's options out there that we could have the, the, the Facebook group embedded on our site. That may be one option. So I'm just kind of opening the door. I may regret doing this, but yeah. I'm opening the door. Yeah. Tell us what you think, right? Send an email to Dean at runforgod.com and just let us know what you think about this. Cause we want to do what's best for everybody. Right. We, we want this to be a great user experience all the way around. And we wanted to pull away from Facebook for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, but we were, we're kind of getting the sense that that might be a mistake. We don't know yet. So right. we need to hear from you. Yeah. We'd love to hear. Let us know. Well, we we all have those people who, that we we know as runners. You ever you ever have somebody who you know them as a runner, and every time you see them, it's in a running context, mm-hmm. and then you see them dressed up, and you don't know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember the uh, Chattanooga Track Club banquets. I would go to those, and um, all those people were the people I saw on Saturday mornings at races, mm-hmm. and then you'd see them at, and they would look so odd dressed <laughs> yeah. up. 
Yeah. And uh, I just, I think that's interesting. Um, and it's what I think is interesting about that is for, for those people, that's probably the way they look normally. Like right. on the weekend, you know, that's probably what, that's that's their other. But through the week. But through the week, they're, yeah. And so there's other people who know them like that. And when they see them in running shorts, they think, oh, they look really odd. So uh, I think that's interesting. Now with me, you don't have to worry about that because I look like a bum all the time. Well, you know, the great thing about running, I mean, the great thing about going to a race or seeing people in their running gear is it is it takes away all of the, I don't know the right word, social class maybe. Yeah, it does. You do, at a race, you don't know who does what. It's true. I mean, they could be a multi-gozillionaire. Yep. And they've got running shorts and a T-shirt on just like you. Yep. I think that's really cool. I do too. Uh, because sometimes when you see them, in context or out of our context but in the worldly context or in their everyday context it kind of you're surprised i've met some people that i knew very well through the one i'm thinking of is the cycling community i knew this guy very well and come to find out he's a congressman (laughs) isn't that funny yeah i mean the first few times i I rode with him had no idea and then i found out he was a congressman i was like (laughs) I just thought he was a guy in spandex shorts and, you know, bike helmet. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. To- yeah, it is. That's, that is. that's a good point. Good point. Well, this week's story comes to us from Rhonda Williams. We've, we've gone over several of her stories, and this is, this is a new one that's called I Want a Thick Book. While scrolling through social media, I came across a video interview with a pilot who died, went to the crossroads of heaven and hell, and then was sent back. He had been suffering from a debilitating and painful illness and decided to take an overdose of his pain pills to end it all. He tells this story of how he ascended up to what he calls the crossroads of heaven and hell. On one side, he saw beautiful green grass and light, but on the other side of the grass was a, was scorched and there was a dark pit. He looked into the pit and saw fire and smelled the stench of death and was terrified. He had never been a believer, but he called to God to save him. Three angels came to him and his fear was replaced with peace. They took him to stand before Jesus. One of the angels handed Jesus a book, the book of this man's life uh, and And the man said he saw pain in Christ's eyes, and he knew it was for him. Jesus read the book that told of his accomplishments in life. And although he considered himself to be very successful, this book was as thin as a dinner menu, he said. He felt shame and remorse as he realized that he had been focused on worldly accomplishments and had done nothing for Jesus. Watching the video, I began to wonder about my own book, and I cried out to God. I want a thick book. Please help me. I ask God to forgive me for all the missed opportunities, all the times I should have said something but remained silent, all the times I could have done something but walked away. I asked him to forgive me for all the times I have taken my eyes off Jesus and focused on worldly success instead. I asked him to open my eyes to the opportunities he presents to me uh, to serve him Uh, and to give me the wisdom, courage, and strength to act. Life is short, a one-time deal. There are no do-overs. I cannot change the past, so I must focus on the present. What can I do today for God's kingdom? How can I serve His people? Who do I know that needs to hear about Jesus? 
The video reminds me of the parable Jesus told of the three bags of gold. A master gave each servant a certain amount of gold and then left on a long trip. When he returned, he found that two of the servants had wisely invested the money and made a good profit for their master. But the third had not done anything with the gold. He had hid it instead, and when his master returned, he became very angry with his servant. The story illustrates how God gives each of us gifts, and he expects us to use those gifts to serve him. The worst thing we can do is hide them or use them for selfish purposes. Our gifts are different, but all are important. In the parable, Jesus said that the master gave to each according to his ability. He does not give us more than we can handle. However, he expects us to handle what he gives us. It's not up to us to choose what gifts he gives or how to use them. God decides and we must be willing to trust and obey. A lesson Jonah and the pilot learned the hard way. Note, the video is an interview with Jim Woodford and can be found on GodTube.com. <laughs> you know, Rhonda always knocks it out of the park. Yeah, she does. She does and this good was good. Job. I went back and watched that video. Did you? And, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting story. I've never seen it. To hear him talk about it, yeah. Um, you know, he didn't quite go through what Paul went through, but it was pretty pretty close with God revealing himself pretty directly to him. And I think that's interesting when that happens because, you know, for most of us, we never get that close mm -hmm. uh, to get, I mean, we, we may get that close in a different way, but right. not that obvious and, and, and blatant. So um, I can't imagine. We don't usually get the visual with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. This guy has had uh, Guillain, uh, Guillain Barre syndrome, I think it's called. Um, it's a nerve issue where you, the nerves are raw coming from the base of the brain and it causes, it's pretty painful from mm -hmm. everything that I've heard. Um, and the pretty, this video is pretty detailed about that whole experience and um, a lot more detailed, obviously, than what, what she's able to do here. Um, but the whole story reminds me, uh, because of the crux of the story, reminds me of the whole faith versus works mm -hmm. argument. Um you know, it shouldn't be our goal to have a thick book at the end just to brag that I have a thick book, but it should be a goal because, as, as she points out, he talked about the, the sadness on Jesus' face when he right. sees how thin the book is. You know, our, our, our goal should be to put a smile on his face when he looks at it and goes, wow, there's a, there's, you did a lot for me right. in this book. Um, but the, the thing about it is, is that, well, we'll get to that in a minute. We have some scripture. So God, Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Isn't that scary? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know if the scary is the right word for me. Um, I, I guess it's, it's, for me, it's anticipation. Yeah. Um, as a different way of looking at it. That's kind of the way I look at it. Um, well, I think I look at it different because... As as a as a competitive athlete for all these years, it's kind of built into me to never be satisfied, right? To always to always think uh, I I'm, I've never done enough. The race there's always another second or two that I could have got out of that race, and I mean occasionally you get through and you you did all you could, and you know it, and it mm -hmm. feels great. But for the most part, most of the time you get through, and, and I can't help but think about being there and thinking, man, having regrets. And thinking, yeah. I wish I would have done some things differently, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I look at it a little, a little different. I, yeah, because I get the thought on the on the athlete side. 
Yeah. But I think where we fall flat on our face sometimes is we take that same mentality. You're right. And we put it in mm-hmm. to what God has wanted us to do. And that's that's not how we should look at it. I get what you're, you're saying. You're right. I actually heard a um I listened to a podcast just the other day and I've never listened to this lady here. It's Sissy Graham, which is Billy Graham's granddaughter. Yeah. Um and what caught my eye was uh it was alcohol in the church. And that caught my eye because that's one of those issues that you you hear about every side to it. And I have my own personal convictions because of what I went through as a child. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a hard no for me. But I wanted to hear what somebody like Sissy had to say about it. And she, she kind of put a, a different look on it that I've never really heard before. Because, you know, we, we debate, is it a sin, is it not a sin? Yeah. And she's saying... It's the wrong way to look at everything we talk about when it comes to God. And I was like, well, that's, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So I went on to listen and she said, she made the comment, she, she was talking about alcohol in specific, but she went on to talk about a lot of other things. She said, what we should be saying is not, is it a sin or is it not a sin, but is it beneficial? Yeah. Is it beneficial? Is what we're doing beneficial? And she she made the comment. It, it's asking if a sin, asking if something is a sin, is like asking if something is against the law. Yeah, it's the wrong frame of reference. Yeah, there's lots of things that aren't against the law. I mean, we should do them. Yeah. Um. So we're not going down the the alcohol road here, but what what it brought to mind is, um. You know the the very next verse after. 1412 here that that Rhonda references is 1413 it says do not be a stumbling block um in our brother's way and i think for, for my thought is when we stand before god on that judgment day and we're giving an account of our lives to me that's going to be a lot of the issues it's it's not what we it's not the things that we did good for god i think a lot of things at least in my life are going to be the things that I didn't do. Yeah, that you missed. And that I did in the name of it's not a sin. Yeah. But it wasn't beneficial. Yeah. Which there's a lot of things that aren't sin that lead to sin. Yeah. And we shouldn't do them. Um, so I don't know. It was just, it was a very, and the weird thing is I listened to that podcast yesterday and then I wake up and we see Rhonda's <laughs> question here this morning. So I, you know, there are no coincidences and I think it just went together. Yeah. Um, well, I think that I looked at this from a whole different section. You're, you're talking about what's after this verse, and I looked at what's before this mm-hmm. verse where it says, accept anyone who is weak in faith but don't argue about doubtful issues. And I think about um, how we, we argue about things like what music are we playing in the church? How is the sanctuary decorated? Um, it's things that just don't matter. Things that don't matter. Yeah. And that's that the point is is we get so wrapped up in all the things that don't matter. And we argue about those things. And we get get passionate about those things. And listen, there's nothing wrong with not wanting your sanctuary to look like you want it to. And right. as good as possible. I re- but I remember we we were doing a whole redesign in our sanctuary and there were some there was some lighting that I wanted and I really thought, I mean, I had a real passion for it. I really think that would that would look better. And in the long run, in this committee that was making these decisions, it was decided that they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember, you know, there's there's just that. Well, all right, but you're missing out, you know. <laughs> but it, but just it, a poor attitude about it. Basically. Well, it, it wasn't that bad. I, I was able to let go of it pretty yeah. easily. But I remember thinking that's the way we argue about stuff, and a lot of times we don't let go of that. You know, we get so we get our feelings hurt because mm-hmm. well, the lights didn't go in that, and that was my idea. They just attacked my idea. Yeah, and it didn't really in the in the in the grand scheme of things. What was funny, and the reason why I thought about it is because it came up last night. Somebody said we should have put some lights <laughs> there. And I'm like, well, yes, we should have. You wanted to say I told you yeah, so, that's what but I you didn't. But right? I did. No, no, I was like, yeah, so. Well, I think I think so many of those situations get put in our past to test us. Yes. God will use these type of things to test. I mean, I was at Cracker Barrel the other night, and I was just so torn out of. We were having bad service, and I wanted so bad to say something but i really i just knew god this is this is you testing me this ain't this young lady and i mean i just got eat up on it yet but to your point the things that don't matter are often what will get us in the most trouble yeah um and how we react to sissy's question is it beneficial it would it be beneficial for you to argue and make a scene about lights in the sanctuary wouldn't help no would it is it beneficial for you to argue and make a scene about whether there's drums up on the stage or not no it's it's so many of the things that don't matter we need to just let them go and i'm saying that like it's easy I'm, i'm right up there at the top with you on yeah i don't easily let things go but i'm getting better at it yeah me too but i'm nowhere near where my wife is my wife can just, and your wife's the same way. Yeah, it's just water off a duck's back. But I, I, I hope to get there one day. Yeah, I don't think we're not going to have to answer to God about whether or not we went to church. What we're going to be, what we're going to answer for is what was our attitude and how did we <laughs> worship Him while we were in right. church? That's going to be the. Big, were we a big stumbling question. block or were we not? That's right. Were we doing things that were beneficial to Christ? are things that were beneficial to us in what we want. That's right. James 2.26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. If we have nothing to show for our faith that we say we have, um, then do we really have that faith? I like what Lane said on the podcast that time, mm-hmm. right? He, he made the, He said, how did he put it? He said something like, um, if you know, if we're not taking the test, did we even take the, really take the class? Mm, yeah, you know, I, yeah. lo- I love that. I think about that all the time now. I think it's a great illustration um, because uh, if we're if we have the faith that we say that we have, if we say we're we're tuned in and we want to do all we can for God, and then there's no there's nothing to show for that. There's nothing physical that you can point to and say. You know, I, I did this and I did that and I helped this person. I helped that person. Not that we should be bragging about all that stuff, but if there's nothing there, then, then do you really have that faith? To yeah. I mean, it's the whole idea of, you know, we call ourselves trees, but do we bear fruit? You know, and it's yeah. so countercultural to think about what you're saying that culture says, do everything to make your life easy and smooth and without hiccups and just our life is like butter. That's not what God says. If we're truly following him, that is not what our life will look like. Yep. 
period. Mm -hmm. So we should take comfort as bad as it hurts, as bad as that run yesterday hurt. And I had blood lung and I, I mean, I quit for about two minutes and then I slowly jogged myself back to the finish line. As bad as that hurt today, I'm a faster runner for it. Mm -hmm. And as bad as so many things that, that God lets us go through are, we become better for it and we produce more fruit as a result of it. And if, if you have that path, you can look back and see the fruit on the ground. Mm -hmm. You can see the lives that you've impacted. You can see the, the people that you've come across and hopefully made their life better as a result. You can see your church is a better church because you're there, not worse because you're always wanting what you want. We, we have to know that that tests, hard times, valleys, whatever you want to call them, adversity is part of this walk with Christ. And if we don't have it, if our life is like butter, that's when we need to be worried. We've got to be worried. That's when we need to be worried. I think about it from a running standpoint. You know, you can call yourself a runner. You can go to the running store. You can buy yourself a pair of running shoes. You can get some running clothes. You can get the latest thing. Uh, you can watch a whole bunch of videos, YouTube videos that tell you about running, and you can learn all you need to know about running. You can hang around with people who are runners, right? And just, I mean, be in a big group of runners. You can, you can pay an entry fee to a race. But with all of that, if you're not out there actually doing it, you can call yourself a runner all day long. You're not a runner, right? And that's what that's what we do in church is we call ourselves a Christian because we go to church. And and very often that's not the you, I mean was it Billy Graham who said the pews are going to be half half full mm -hmm. when when there's persecution because a lot of times people don't have the conviction. They just they're, they're checking something off a list. They're they're many people are runners in name only. And many people, and and I don't want to, I don't, wanna, I don't want to say this and give the appearance that that I'm judgmental. I'm not. It's just I think it's I think it's the truth. Many people are Christians in name only. They're they're going to the running store. They're buying the running gear. They're they're getting the water bottles. They're getting all the gear. They've got the nice Bible. But well, we don't need nice Bibles. Yeah, we need Bibles that look like they've been shredded and ripped apart. And I don't say that in a judgmental tone. I'm saying that as a warning sign. If your life is like butter and you've got the nice clothes and you're at church every Sunday and, and you have no problems in your life. That's because Satan's leaving you alone. Right. Yep. And, and gosh, I know that can come across bad, but I hope everybody gets my point. That Jesus said, not Mitchell, not Dean, not anybody in this ministry, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That is not a picture of a butter life, of just nice and smooth. That's a picture of we're, we're carrying a cross. We're, we're marching with Jesus to his death, to his crucifixion alongside him Yeah, because he did that for us, and we need to pick up that cross and walk with him in that process. And. And to your point, that's not, again, it's not you and I saying it. The Bible tells us that there will be Christians who 
are Christians in name only. The Bible tells us that that's going to happen. The Pharisees were very religious. Right. But, um, and it's not, it's not the the people that I'm talking about, Christians in name only. Now, we don't need to stay parked here too long, but it's not like they're doing something malicious. Right. Many people don't even know it. That's right. And, that's why you you need to get along with God in your prayer closet and take mm-hmm. inventory of your life. And if there is some kind of conviction that you're feeling in your heart, because God will point that out to you. But many times, just like the sin in our life that he often points out, we try to suppress that, that voice that we hear. Because I've done it with sin in my life. Mm-hmm. And it can be a, a lack of salvation in your life. We, we tend to start trying to push these things out down and suppress them and it'll eat your lunch i always tell people how what is what is the greatest comfort i have in knowing that i'm a christian it's conviction yeah it it is and we need to we need to welcome that because that that is god talking to us be open to it yeah the parable of the bags of gold Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. See, So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's ha- in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's from Matthew twenty-five, fourteen through 23. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and then it ends with the, the one who didn't do mm-hmm. anything with it. You know, we have to use what God gave us. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, and we've talked about on here before that, you know, people say, I don't have a talent. Mm. We all have something Mm -hmm. that we can do to make an impact for Christ's kingdom. Um, And I think about the lady at church. We've got a lady who, for everybody's birthday, she gets them a birthday present. It's it's something from the dollar store. It's -hmm. it's not the gift. No, it's the the thought that that she's going out there. It's her ministry. That's her ministry. Yeah, and. It is, it's special. You look, I look forward to it every year, right? Um, There's another lady at church who she likes to bake um, banana bread Mm. and it's good. (laughs) And so she bakes banana bread for people's birthdays and that's her ministry. There's a, there's something out there for all of us to do. And uh, we just have to find that thing and be open to it and, uh, and find, you know, do you like, do you like talking about the Bible? Well, maybe you need to be a small group leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you good with administrative stuff? Well, there's always somebody who needs administrative help, right? There's, there's, there's always something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, well, you know how I am. I like, I like to be the coach, the guy out front, the teacher, and, mm-hmm. and that I don't like to do all the little stuff behind the scenes. First of all, I'm not good at it. Second of all, 
I, I don't think that's what God gave me to to be good at. And so I do the thing that I can do. Mm-hmm. And then there's always other folks that are that help me <laughs> with all those other things uh, because we're supposed to work together. The Bible talks about how we're we're to be a body, the body of Christ, the body yeah. of Christ, and we're to work together. And um, you know we. We just had um, last night. We were trying to work on a problem with a controller for one of the the uh, a video camera, and uh, we've got a guy who's an IT guy. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. He, he found a spot in the church where he can come up. He's trying to solve a problem that we've had for a long time that nobody's been able to figure out, and and hopefully he can figure that out. Um, but that's his thing. Yeah, we've all got something. We need it. We all need those IT guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> no question. Uh, question how thick is your book when you stand before jesus to give an account of your life uh, will you see pain on his face i i put a lot of thought into this question um i'm convinced that the only thing that god only the things that god lays on our heart and we do with his conviction driving us will be found in that book And I want to tell you why I say that, because you and I are a lot alike here too. I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. I know I have the past year or so, but it's not all the things that I try to cram in my day. It's, it's not all the things that I start and I want him to bless. Many of these things are good. Mm-hmm. It's not all the things, the good things that people ask me to do so that I can earn extra credit, which is the way I kind of, it's a a weird way of looking at it, but it's like, I'm doing a little extra for God here. Meanwhile, being less effective at the things that God is asking me to do. I think we're good at cramming our days. Yeah. And in the name of I'm doing this for God, This is not theologically checked. This is just my conviction. I don't think God wants us to do the things that we want to do for him. I think God wants us to do the things that he wants us to do for him. That line gets blurred. I I go back to what David Hendricks used to say. I want to to find where God is working and go there. We can do a lot of good things in the name of God but I don't know that it makes it good things in God's eyes. Yeah. And it's a fine line. It's hard. It's very right? hard. It's very hard sometimes to know the difference. It really right. is. Cause there's a lot of things that we can do. Like you said, that are really good things and we want to do those things and we feel like it's going to have a big impact for God. And, but to your point, um, maybe that's maybe God has something. Is it else. taken away from somewhere that we're working where we know God has us right there. Yeah, yeah. But we see this over here and we're like, oh, that's a need. I need to go take care of it. Meanwhile, you're letting... Th- I think about what Mark Yoho told me years ago. And we've talked about Mark several times. He's, and, and he was talking about that many people in ministry fall into this trap. And Mark Yoho said, because we were talking about different social issues that, that need to be addressed from the church today and i won't get into what those are but we all know what they are and i was asking him about those and he said god has been very clear in my life 
My ministry is to preach the cross. He did not give me, he has not given me the green light to go talk about whatever else. Right. Even though that needs to be talked about, he's laying that on the hearts of other people. And as much as I want to inject what I think, and that's the important word, what I think, yeah. as much as I want to do that and I think that could be beneficial, that's not where God's leading me. And that would pull me away from the cross. Yeah. And so it, it just because re- we've done it in this ministry. We think, you know, our, our, our MO is to reach runners with the gospel. And so many times we've thought about going down this path and this path and this path. And I always think back to what Mark said that you can be, you can, you can do something that is good in the eyes of Christians, but it's not good in the eyes of Christ because that's not where he directed you to go. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that, I mean, well, that's, that's pretty convicting. I mean, that's well, cause uh, I do it. You do it. We're well, like, somebody says, Hey, I need help over here. And we, we both have a hard time of saying no. And sometimes that's the best thing for us and them. Yeah. You know, it's the best thing for us because we we need to stay where God's got us. It's the best thing for them because we can't give them everything that they're needing and God is maybe laying on their heart. So we're doing both of us an injustice by saying, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. And we're stretched thin. We can't be effective. you try to do everything, you're effective at nothing. Yeah, that's and yeah. that's a lesson that I really think that I've been trying to work on the past year or two. Yeah. Is be effective at the things God lays on your heart and don't try to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Another question. How can I serve his people? She she didn't actually submit but one question. Right. And so I just kind of added this because she put this in the in, in the story so but but it's a good question for all of us you know and i think it's one we need, all need to step back and think about how can i serve his people um again i talked about that guy last night who was a uh, it guy you know it was a good way for him to to do something that was very useful and he loves it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> he got into it. he's like i love these challenges yeah you know because he what you know he's he's like you and i once i said well, we've had a couple of people work on it. They haven't been able to fix it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, now he's all I in. think back to the uh, when we had the Run for God weekend, and we couldn't get the projector to yes. run that night. And we, we had everybody in the church. I was on the phone with our IT people at church. And I'm trying to remember who it was. It was one of the Run Club members' spouse. Yeah, uh, from Utah, right? Wasn't I think it? that's right. Yeah. But he walked up, and he was like, you guys need some help? And we're yeah. like, please, Yeah. do you know anything? And it, that was his business. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, bam, 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 projector's done. working, <laughs> done with it. So uh, we all know this poop around yeah, we But, do. you know, to, to answer this question, how can I serve his people? I, you know, the, th- the first thing that came to my head was JFK when he said, ask not what your country could do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. Instead of asking what your church can do for you, which is – that's what we that's what we do a lot mm-hmm. ask what you can do for your church it's a good way to put it bake the bread for people's birthday you know i i've for a couple years now i've been running sound at church yeah and that is so far i mean i'm i'm not a sound guy i don't even do the sound here you do it but i enjoy it and it's something that they needed help with and i'm not good at it but i do it i'm a, I'm a body and many times 
we need to be a servant. I mean, yeah. that that is a servant. It's not necessarily you're masterful at something. You're a body. Yep. But sometimes that can seem menial, and we don't want to do it. But if God says, hey, I need you to be menial today. I need you to run slides on a soundboard, then do it. Then do it, yeah. And then the last question, who do I know that needs to hear about Jesus? We, I think we all need to have a person in mind, at least a person in mind, who we're, we're, we're trying to build that relationship and trying to get that person to understand who, who Jesus is. Now, the Holy Spirit will do the convicting. We don't have to do all that, but we need to make that introduction. And we need to, we, I think we all should have somebody in our mind. Now, there's somebody that I have in my mind that I feel like, I, I try to focus our conversations in such a way that that God is in front of them more often than they think about him, you know? Um, and so I, I just think that's a good idea is to always have somebody that you're, um, that you're trying to, to help. I got one on my heart right now that yeah. I'm, I'm really struggling with how to move forward. It's a guy that I'm pretty close to. He's a guy from, from my construction side. And, uh, he was ranting and raving about something the other day on a text. I don't even remember what it was, but he he made the comment, and, and when Jesus comes back was in his text. I, I'm sitting here trying to remember the context. And I just sent the text back. It said, I'll be ready. You know, kind of being a little slapped because it, it was not a spiritual text at all. Yeah, It probably had some explicits in it. But he 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 opened that door and I said, I'll be ready. And the text he sent back is haunting me. Mm. He said, I don't think I'll be making that trip. Oh. I mean, I'm choked up right now. I, yeah. And I'm trying my best to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. Because God will give you. He'll give you the opportunity. I mean, you, you know, you know the guy. It's to to voice that to hear that but i haven't god hasn't given me direction on how to deal with that yet so wow the answer to this question this guy and i'm not gonna say his name um yeah yeah that's interesting pray for wisdom on my part and conviction on his amen do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. back you know one of the best things about running this time of year is not only the weather of course the cooler weather is nice but also the leaves you know just for mm -hmm. this month or so when the leaves are changing it's yeah. so beautiful yeah just to be out in the country and run on the roads and or in parks or wherever it is that you run um it, it's pretty cool you said that i think about ben reed for some reason yeah i've 
I still haven't been able to do what he, I think he kind of threw a challenge out. Do you remember this? Have you ever caught a leaf? I forgot about it's that. falling. Yeah, no, I've never. Ever since I've heard Ben talk about that, I've tried it several times, and I've almost hurt myself a couple times. <laughs> but I haven't been a. It's it's way harder than you think it is. Yeah, because I was. I think it was last fall. I was running under a tree that the leaves were dropping, and I mean, I was. If somebody had a video camera, they'd be a millionaire now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like I like the leaves falling. Well, where do you think the best fall colors are? I, I saw a post the other day, and it talked about this and. There were a lot of folks that said Northern Michigan. Mm, I was the in the Smokies last weekend, and it Smokies don't get much beautiful. better. I mean, yeah. and it was peak up yeah. there last weekend. It's hard to believe that there's any place more beautiful than that. Yeah. We got a really beautiful place around here, you know, over at Hague Mill Lake. Yeah. When the leaves are changing and they reflect off of that water, you know. I would say the, within the next week, we'll be peak here, won't yeah, we? Yeah. we will. Yeah. Now, for a lot of, like in Northern Michigan, the leaves are probably all off the trees by now. Yeah. So, a matter of fact, I was talking with, you know, the girl on our team that, who's from Michigan, mm-hmm. and she said it was snowing at her house. Really? Uh, last week. Yeah. Of course, she lives way up there, don't she? She lives up in the thumb of yeah. Michigan. So, she doesn't live in northern Michigan, but she lives lives n- northern-ish. Um, so, yeah, I just, for, you know, for, I think about, for all the awesomeness of Hawaii and how awesome Hawaii is, and, and it is really awesome, they don't have this. They yeah. don't have fall colors. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that just breaks my heart to think they don't they don't get fall colors. Yeah, I mean the fall colors is cool, right? <laughs> um, yeah. The problem with leaves though is you can't see what's under them when you're running. Yeah, and so if you're running on trails, that root jumps up and grabs you. Boy, it does. <laughs> it does. You know, we've got this age graded race that we have here in Chattanooga every year, and they don't they don't clean up any leaves or anything. It's in the winter time. It's in December, so all the leaves are already falling. But there are sticks and rocks and all sorts of things. On they don't the blow the trail or anything? Nothing. Not mm. at all. You just run over the top of the leaves. <laughs> and uh, there have been a number of people who have fallen, who have Which race is ankles. That? And, what's that? Which race is that? The uh, Wahatchee Trail Race. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lane's yeah. run that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a brutal race. Man, it's brutal. Uh, but anyway, you got to be careful. Be yeah. careful when you're, when you're running around those leaves. Just, uh, you know, I, I think maybe that's a good reason to be a roadrunner. You can be pretty sure that under the leaves is just road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, have you ever met a person who never seems happy? Yes. Well, it turns out there's a word for that. This one's called cheerophobia. Have you ever met the person who is determined to be miserable? If you haven't, I would check your thoughts because you may be that person. Why do so many people walk around like they just lost their dog, the air conditioning is broken, they have a dentist appointment, and their family is mad at them, and their clothes don't fit right all at the same time? I'm not talking about people who truly have these problems, just the ones who act like they have these problems regardless of circumstances. I'm certainly not picking on people with real problems. But many people make their problems out to be much worse than they are. There's a word for people like this, cheerophobic. Cheerophobia is the irrational fear of being happy or having fun. Doesn't that sound familiar? Now let me posit one more thing. I think almost all of us are on a sliding scale to cheerophobia. We may not be negative all the time, but sometimes we just can't help it. How about when you're sick? Do you ever feel like the last thing you want to do is have fun? 
Sure, we all have moments. Many people treat running, walking, or any other exercise in a way that makes them look cheerophobic. It is hard work, and we just can't picture ourselves having fun or being happy doing it. But that's just not true. Now, it may be true that it is nearly impossible to enjoy running every day. As much as I love running, there are days when I just don't want to do it. So I get it, but many of us treat it like it's impossible to have fun doing it. And that's simply not true. So what are some things you can do to get yourself away from those cheerophobic thoughts about exercise? Well, first, you must be open to the idea of having fun with it. If you can't even imagine having fun, you probably won't. But what if you closed your eyes and pictured yourself running along a beach effortlessly and at a pace that's faster than you run? The temperature is just right and you feel great. Try it. You might find that it helps. At any rate, you have to at least be open to it. Second, and this one may seem too simple to believe, but I think it may be the number one reason people don't have fun with it. Slow down. I see so many people trying to run too fast. How do you know if you're trying to run too fast? If every three-mile run is less than four to six minutes slower than your 5K PR, you're simply running too hard. I would hate it too if I was beating my brains in every time I go out to run. Finally, build some fun into your runs. Change the place you run or your route. Change paces at a, at a light post or a mailbox. Run with someone different. Listen to something uplifting while you exercise. Play I Spy while you run. Do whatever it takes. Be creative. Change something for the better and watch your enjoyment level go up. The same can be said for our daily time with God. We often look at it as something to check off the list of things to do, but the Bible is full of fascinating stories. The story of Joseph is one of my favorites. It's a great story of overcoming bad circumstances. Not, not into the underdog thing? Well, how about the story of Paul and how he overcame a terrible past of his own doing? Maybe you're into stories that make you want to sort of look away. Well, try the last chapter of Judges. There are great stories in the Bible, and they are more than that. They teach us to be who God wants us to be. Why should we allow ourselves to feel like we're trudging through something when it can be so exciting and instructive? Our time with God should be exciting and enlightening. It can be if we change the way we look at it. We all have a choice to look at the opportunity for fun and happiness in all we do, or we can be cheerophobic and be determined to be unhappy. You have that choice today. Are you going to enjoy your run or whatever else you decide to do? Or are you going to settle for being miserable while you do it? Your choice. I know which one I'm going to choose. It's a great story, Dean. <laughs> you know, I just feel thankful to be able to get out there and run every day. I yeah. really honestly feel really thankful. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times uh, I mention that there, there are times when I don't feel like running. And there's definitely those days. Yesterday was one of those days. Just trying to fit it in between some stuff. But all I have to do is go back to step one and mm -hmm. go, I'm just thankful that I can do it. And as much as I don't want to do it right now, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. Right? And it makes all the difference. So we really do have a choice every day. Uh, we probably know somebody who... We, we all know somebody who's obviously who's unhappy, but we also know, probably know somebody who's happier than they should be. Mm -hmm. And I think you remember when we went to Missouri yeah. and the, the guy, Danny in Missouri, who was running this 
halfway house, I'll call it. Yeah. Um, for for some some guys that really needed some help, gotten out of jail, had drug problems, things like that. They didn't have two nickels to rub together. Sure. I mean, they had nothing. And he was as happy as anybody. They found the joy in it. Gosh, he did. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, it made all the difference to to him, but also to all those men who were in, in that halfway house. And you know who it made a big difference to was God. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you imagine? We just talked about the the book. Can you imagine Danny's book mm-hmm. when he gets to heaven? Sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah. I just think there's a, a, a lot of times we can be a lot happier than we are if we would just allow ourselves to do it. And yeah, I think you know. I, I think I struggle with this sometimes. I, we've talked about it on here. I'll get something in my head. And it's like I'll start to dwell on it, and then I'll get upset about it, and then it's like it's just it's a it's a it's a building falling down almost. Yeah. And I I was talking about the waitress at Cracker Barrel the other day. The other day was one of those days for me where it was just one thing after another, and I remember me and Holly and Landon were at Cracker Barrel, and we didn't even talk much because, and it was me. I was just there was so many things happened that day, and I let it consume me. Yeah. And. Yeah, I remember thinking I was sitting at Cracker Barrel thinking, Mitchell, you're acting ridiculous here. I'm being probably a little too transparent. But so many times we we have to take action because we can sit there and let that just ruin our whole day, our whole night, the whole week, you know, whatever. We have to take conscious steps to get out of that. And sometimes those conscious steps are just bowing your head and talking to God and saying, God, I'm acting ridiculous here help me get out of this because Mm -hmm. it is, I think it is one of those things where if you don't change your surrounding, if you don't uh, start talking about something else, if you don't take it to God, you'll stay there for, you'll become one of these people that you're talking about. That's right. And, um, and for a lot of people, it's worry for a lot of people. The thing, well, that's what mine was that day. It was, I had something I was worried about. Yeah. And before you know it, think, you, you mentioned stickiness down here, I think, at some point, and worrying, worry is sticky. You, yeah. you start worrying about this one thing, and then all of a sudden, that waitress doesn't give you the right service, and, oh, I'm so mad at them, yeah. and and this thing doesn't happen, and before you know it, you're talking about politics, and you know our whole country's going to, and you're like, you, you can hear yourself saying it. You hear the words that are coming out of your mouth and you're thinking, this is ridiculous. But it's almost like you're on the outside looking in yeah. sometimes and like, what are you doing? Get out. And th- maybe it's just me that does this. I don't oh, know. No, no. These games that I play with myself sometimes, but we have to just. And it was that night when yeah. I was in the bed and I just, I finally took it to God. Yeah. The next morning, it's like, what was that all about? Yeah. But yeah, we worry about stuff. And you mentioned the the sticky thing was the, in in that story that that the guy is telling where he was at the crossroads of heaven right, and hell. Yeah. Um, he he said that God when 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 he was there, God's in, glory in, in or this something. vision, he he touched the angel, and when he pulled his hand away, the the light of the angel stuck mm, yeah, to his hand for yeah. a second before it finally let go. And he talked about how God's love is sticky. Yeah, I love that analogy. I do too. And it would be great if that would change everything, right? And the way we looked at everything, if we realized that God's love is sticky. Yeah. And that if we'll just look at everything we do, it is coded in God's love. But we'll just look for it. On the flip side, cheerophobia 
is also sticky because you start attaching bad things to bad things. And before you know it, your day's ruined or your week's ruined or or you become one of these people who you're just never happy. And you you need to go grab some of God's stickiness and and coach yourself with that. So, yeah, Yeah. I don't, you know, this story really resonated with me, Dean. Yeah. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station at J Radio. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, this is the reason why running is so awesome. It's efficient exercise. We just talked about that at the beginning. We did. Hmm. Isn't that funny? It works your legs, your muscles, your core. It works your, uh, excuse me, your leg muscles, your core. It works your cardiovascular system. It also builds joint strength. Um, It is an incredibly useful tool to get in shape. It can also help you lose weight. Um, and as far as efficiency goes, the cool thing about running is you can do a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah. So we've, we've talked before about riding a bike. If you want to go for a bike ride, the first thing you have to do, a lot of people can't just go outside and run from their, from their front door or ride from their front door. And then in order to get in a good bike ride, a lot of times it takes a couple of hours. Yeah. I always said four times. Yeah. Yeah. A bike ride is to, to get it equivalent to a run, it takes four times the amount of time. A 30-minute run is about two-hour two hour bike, bike ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's – so running is really efficient. Sure. Yeah, for, if you can get out there three or four times a week and get get in a good 30 minutes of running, um, it, it can do – Well, wonders. they say the only thing that's really more efficient than running is rowing. Yeah. Row, rowing that. is a little bit more efficient than running, but you got to have a rowing machine and you got to have yeah. equipment where running you really don't. Yeah, yeah. So you can do it right out your front door. And uh, I love that about running. Now, for some people, they may live in a place where running out your front door is a little harder. Mm-hmm. But um, but almost everybody can can run out your front door. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I saw a post on Let's Run this past week about um, the guys at Let's Run are going to coach this guy who I guess wrote to him. He's, a, he's 51 years old, and he wants to try to break five minutes for the mile. And he was a 412 miler when he was in college. And I looked at that and I thought, that doesn't sound all that hard to me because I can run a sub five minute mile and I'm six years older than that. And I wasn't a 412 miler. So I just don't get why that's a big deal. But, uh, but they're making a big deal out of it. But it made me think about this. As we get older, we have to train differently. Mm-hmm. And that's where this guy, it's the, kind of the root of this whole thing is the, the, the training he has to do to get in shape as a 51 year old is way different than it was when he was a college mm-hmm. student running, running four twelve. Um, so I had a back and forth recently. I had a, a guy who's actually, he's been part of the run for God program before and, and stuff. And he sent me this whole training plan, 12 weeks of training. And it was, it looked like training for a young guy. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And this guy's not a young guy. He's almost my age. And, um, he asked me what I thought about the training. If I would take a look at it and what I thought about it, well, I looked through it. And I'm, of course I gave him, you know what pointers I gave him. Cause you know, my, mm-hmm. all, all my training philosophy. And he went back and he modified it and sent it back to me again. And I said, well, there's a couple of this, this here and the, anyway, 
he ultimately wound up with a good plan that was based on his original plan but had a lot more rest built in because mm-hmm. as we get older mm-hmm. we have got to understand that recovery becomes even more important when sure. we get older and so uh if, if you're getting older and you see somebody who you know just hammers themselves and runs hard three four times a week or something we can't do that when we get mm-hmm. old and so we just have to be be uh be cognizant of that um and try stuff don't don't be afraid to try stuff mm-hmm. and, and figure out what works well for you and what doesn't had a friend of ours um who lives kind of a local running legend here she decided she was gonna take on one of these tough training programs and she did it you know you know she's very disciplined and um it, it, she went through every workout and apparently she got through it now is this she yeah mm. and she's she's over 50 yeah. So um, that that had to be a tough thing to do. I haven't really talked to her afterwards. I know she ran the race she was targeting, and she did okay there. So um, anyway, just I, I don't think I I don't think I'd have the discipline to do that. I don't think I could get out there when I just did a hard workout two days ago and do another one today. I, I just I don't think my my body would. You hurt gotta have so a big want to button. Yeah, you know I think. Yeah, yeah I like your I like your philo- your your philosophy that that I always tell people and it's you've said it and I always give you credit for it, but it's, it's run hard some days, run long some days and run easy a lot of days. Yeah. And that's, if you stick to that, I mean, it can take on a lot of different looks, but I mean, that's what, that's what Keith and I are doing right now. Basically we have no training plan right now. Yeah. We're just trying to, get a little bit faster uh get fit so that you know we can take on some kind of training plan hopefully this winter but uh but yeah and that'll get you in shape now i've seen people i got a friend of mine that i used to run with i used to compete with a lot and i haven't seen him in a race in a few years because he's given up now apparently i i don't know i haven't talked to him but um i i saw what he did he would he, he kept training the way he trained when he was young as he got older and he kept his body kept breaking down mm-hmm. and he would take some time off and he'd come back and he'd do the same thing. And then he'd take some time off. He kept beating his head against the wall. He, he never learned that he can't train like he used to. Yeah. And it got too frustrating to him and he gave up and, yeah. um, don't be that person. Yeah. Understand it's okay to try to do things a little differently. Sure. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of days. There's probably at least once a week where I just feel like I just got to really take it easy today. I turn my watch off. And if you follow me on Strava and a lot of the folks in our group do, um, you know that there's days, you know that I run every day, but you also know there's days where there's nothing on Strava mm-hmm. because I don't. So I've never been able to get there. Uh, now, I, if <laughs> I, I, I actually left the house. I got three miles down the road the other day. I didn't have my watch. I turned around, drove an extra six miles just just so i could have that garment on i haven't been able to let go of that yet nope i'm still yeah i don't, I don't have any problem with that because i just know what i'm going to do to myself if i so uh and and it allows me to do some crazy stuff so recently i got on this streak where i ran i did, i ran 10 miles one day and then i did, the next day i got up and i thought i'm gonna run 10 miles today and then the next day i decided i'm gonna run 10 miles i ran 10 miles like seven days in a row or something i threw a 16 miler in there one day i ran way i ran 75 miles in a week and 
you know, I've been running 50 miles a week, yeah. maybe 45 to 50 miles a week, probably. And I just threw in and now that's not what we're supposed to do. Mm-mm. Um, but I could do that because I do. You're adapted to it. There, and yeah. there's days where I do, even though I ran 75 miles, you know, there's there's a day where I ran for an hour and 15 minutes at a literal jog mm-hmm. um, because I, I was taking it easy. And for me, for me, running an hour and 15 minutes at a jog is the same as a lot of people taking a day off. Sure. So because of what my body's been through. All right. We have a trivia question for this week. And um, this one, this is an interesting one, I thought. The Greeks were, famously in the Bible, a secular society that Paul and others shared Jesus with over time. But the Greeks had many gods and goddesses in mythology. Now, we're not advocating for mythology, but they had a goddess of running. What was the name of that goddess of running? Do you know this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know this one. Oh, good. I didn't realize that. I mean, I'd heard the name before, but I didn't put all that together. So, very interesting. Let, let me it's give not it. the one you're thinking. I don't think it's the one you're thinking. The one I'm thinking, there's a running store named after Yes. No. Really? That's not it. You're thinking Nike? No. Oh, you're not thinking Nike? No, a running store. Oh, okay. I don't think... I think I've one. got it. Okay. All right. I'll well, ask we'll you when we're done. We'll see. And if you know the answer to that, you can send the answer to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first one to answer, we are giving out some pretty significant discounts to yeah. the Run For God store to the first person that answers correctly. So you will want to get that discount. So if you're the first person to answer, dean at runforgod.com, and we'll send that to you. All right. Our motivational thought of the week is this. comes from Steve Prefontaine. Love his quotes. You have to wonder at times what you're doing out there. Over the years, I've given myself a thousand reasons to keep running, but it always comes back to where it started. It comes down to self-satisfaction and a sense of achievement. Hmm. You know, sometimes it's that simple, isn't he it? He had some pretty profound statements through the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just the accomplishment of doing it. I mean, how yeah. many people have we seen get through the, the 5K challenge? And at the end, that look of accomplishment on their face, oh, yeah. totally worth all of it. Oh, yeah. Just the other day, you know, we had a high school cross-country race. Mm-hmm. And at the end, one of the guys, Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, he was uh, – Oh, he was – He had a great day. Yeah. He cut like a minute off his PR. It was so satisfying to watch because he works hard. Yeah. And so um, I said something to him afterwards. And I looked at him and I said, I saw that all that hard work was worth it, wasn't he? And you could just see in his eyes he hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, we and talked it, about it. He came over for dinner. Him and Landon are kind of buddies. And he was having dinner with us after that one night. And he's just, you can tell it's clicked. It's yes. clicked in his head now. Yes. So it's And be, it's so great to see. Because, you yeah. know, I, I pulled him him and his sister. His sister's doing even She's better. She's doing great. Yeah. But, um, but I pulled them both aside before the season started. Yeah. and said you you guys work hard you yeah. guys you guys are going to do well just keep working even when it even when it doesn't feel like it's paying off it's paying off yeah. and they've done it both yeah. of them just put their head down and they've sure. worked the tail off and it's great to see great kids too yep yep so self-satisfaction it's a big deal mm-hmm. right all right that'll do it for us for this time don't forget to go out there and rate our podcast and and give us I don't know how many stars can you give can you give thirty stars yeah We'd like rate to. the podcast yeah join Run Club definitely get the Christmas gear yes and sign up for the Couch to Marathon which is starting January twenty third of twenty twenty three 
the the information's already online. There's a big if you go to runforgot.com, there's a big yellow banner at the top. And we've got all the detailed information. We even got a playbook you can download. That if you're one of those people like me, you gotta have all the details to make a decision. That that's kind of our white paper. It's yeah. it's for the nerds out there that want all the details. <laughs> you wouldn't need the white paper. That's right. I would need the white paper. Right. So it's there for all of you that need it. All I need is to know there's running involved. Oh, there's and a I marathon? Oh, good. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, what's involved? When does it start? How many days a week is it? I need all the details. Yeah, that's good. We got something for everybody. <laughs> all right. May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.